This past Wednesday, I attended the funeral of a brother who worshipped with the congregation uh, up in Science Hill. And during the funeral service, we uh, sang, sang several songs. One of the songs that we sang was song number 210, Walking Alone at Eve. And if you'd like to, you can be finding that song in your hymnal right now. I don't know how many uh, thousands of times that I've sung this song before. The song was written about a hundred years ago by a couple of fellas, Thomas Sweatman and William Slater were their names. And this song has been a staple of gospel hymnals ever since, since about 1917 was the time that it was first published. So I've sang it a lot of times through my lifetime, and I know many of you probably have as well. But there was something about singing this song on that afternoon, in that setting, at the funeral of this faithful old brother who had stepped into eternity. On that day, this song just really resonated with me in a way that it really never had before. Uh, part of it, I think, was thinking about the just kind of the way life goes, how we're young, and then maybe we live to be middle-aged, and then maybe we live to see old age. And you think those kinds of thoughts when you're at a funeral. And this song, when you look at the progression of the verses, that really seems to be kind of what's being described in these three verses of this song. What I think is being described in this song is kind of kind of a lifetime of thinking and pondering about heaven. If you'll notice, each of the three verses, they each begin with a different action, which I think each of these actions might be a metaphor to describe a different stage of life. For example, the first verse talks about walking alone at Eve. I think that idea of walking there might be describing maybe our youthful days or the days when we are younger. And then the second verse talks about sitting alone at Eve. I think that might be describing when we get up into those older years, when we reach old age. And then that third verse talks about closing my eyes at Eve. And I think that might be talking about those moments when we die. That is that during every single stage of life, at least for this hymn writer, he's saying, I'm thinking about heaven. I'm dreaming about heaven. I'm wondering, contemplating, pondering what heaven's going to be like. And I could be wrong about that, that this maybe is not intended to be a metaphor. Maybe those words about walking and sitting and closing my eyes, maybe those are meant to be taken literally. Maybe those are literal expressions. But again, I think the point still remains the same. That whether I am walking, whether I'm sitting, whether I'm lying in bed at night about to go to sleep, My mind is just swirling with those thoughts of heaven, really, at every stage of the day, every day. And that certainly is a biblical idea, the idea of thinking about heaven. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3 and verses 1 and 2, to set your mind where? On things above. And why? Because that's where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And while Paul in that passage probably has in mind a whole lot more than just heaven itself, well, it certainly still would include thinking about heaven itself, wouldn't it? Let me ask you, do you ever do that? Do you ever sit around and just think about heaven? Do you ever find yourself just at really random moments, just dreaming and thinking about what heaven will be like? And no, I don't mean in a church service. That's... I think very natural for us to think about heaven in here. Or when you're doing some other kind of a religious activity. I'm talking about just in those day-to-day, everyday sorts of moments. 
Maybe when you are at the evening time, kind of in the quietness of your own thoughts, you just sit and dream about what heaven will be like. You know, I think when you're little, thinking about heaven comes very, very naturally. I've noticed that. I've had the chance to teach almost every age group of kids here at Lakeside. And I actually, one of the things I love about teaching the smallest ages of kids is that they're just so curious about God and about heaven. I've got stories that some of these youngins have told me in class about what they think heaven's going to be like and what they hope is going to happen there. And I think it's very natural for kids to think about heaven. And I think as well on the other end of life, when you get really old, I think thinking about heaven becomes very natural. When you've seen and experienced and done just pretty much everything that this world has to offer, especially when your body starts to break down and you get sick, you start longing for and you start contemplating about that better country, that better land that the Hebrew writer talks about. But what about then for all the rest of us? We're not kind of on this end or that end of the spectrum. We're just kind of somewhere in the middle. Does heaven capture our imagination on a day-to-day, regular basis. I would imagine there's moments and things that happen in life that cause us and provoke us to think about heaven. When a loved one does die, we can't help but think about heaven. We can't help but think about that grand reunion, what it will be like to see those faithful loved ones who've gone before, all the faithful people who have ever lived upon this earth, to get to see them and that idea of just a big spiritual family reunion in the sky. Or you know, maybe whenever we're, whenever we're weary and we're worn down, I think maybe that promise of the rest of heaven, I think that appeals to us and we think about rest. The Hebrew writer talks about that. He says that there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And he was talking about heaven. Being able to rest from all of our earthly labors. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more having to deal with sin, no more death. Or you know, maybe when we're doing our Bible reading and we get to the book of Revelation and we start reading all those images in the book of Revelation, probably in those moments we really get to thinking about the beauty of heaven, about the splendor of that city, the magnificence of the new Jerusalem, if you will. We think about the pearly gates, that street of gold, the river of life, and we wonder, man, what's all that going to look like? What's that going to just be like. I think there are numerous facets of heaven that just, they fill our thoughts, they fill our imaginations, and they make us want to go there. But can I go back to this song and why this song stuck out to me just a few days ago when we sang it at that brother's funeral? And can I tell you why as well? I believe, this is just my personal opinion, I believe that Walking Alone at Eve is the best song in the entire hymnal about the subject of heaven. And the reason that I feel that way is because I believe this song does a wonderful job of expressing the very most important aspect of heaven. What heaven is all about. Because heaven is all about being with God. That's what heaven's about. Listen to the chorus there. Oh, for a home with God. I almost think that's what the song ought to be titled. A home with God. Oh, for a home with God. A place in His courts to rest. Sure, in a safe abode with Jesus and the blessed. 
Rest. There's that rest. Rest for a weary soul once redeemed by the Savior's love. Notice this now. Where I'll be pure and whole and I will live with my God up above. God is what makes heaven, heaven. In fact, heaven and God are so intrinsically linked together that we often use those words synonymously. Think about how often we don't just say the Lord's invitation, we'll say it's heaven's invitation. Think about even in the Bible, think about the prodigal son. Whenever he returned home in Luke chapter 15, what did he say to his father? He said, Father, I have sinned against against heaven. God and heaven, they are eternally intertwined. And so if we want to go to heaven, I believe the greatest motivation to go to heaven is because we desire to be with our Creator, to be with our Sustainer, our Redeemer, our Savior. In fact, listen to the psalmist in Psalm 73 and in verse 25. The psalmist asked the question to God. He says, Whom have I in heaven but you? You're all I've got, Lord. In fact, you're really all that I want. He goes on to say, there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. And I want to say to you this evening that that's what heaven should be about to all of us. Just think about it this way. If heaven meant that you do get to go and you get to rest from all of your labors, and heaven meant no more sorrow and no more pain and no more death, And if heaven meant you do get to see and enjoy all the beauties and the glories of that heavenly place, that wonderful paradise, and if heaven does mean that you get to be reunited with all of your loved ones and all the faithful people who've ever gone on before, you'd get all of that. But God isn't there. Would you still want to go? I wouldn't. Because if God's not there, then heaven's just... It's just a place. All that other stuff, those are good things. But all that's just icing on the cake. Heaven is about being with God. In fact, that is what we were made for. You go all the way back to the beginning. Adam and Eve, what were they able to do before sin entered into the world? They were able to walk and talk with God. It was normal for them. And that is what we were created for. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I've mentioned all those other things that we get and are blessings of heaven. Do I look forward to the rest that heaven promises? Absolutely I do. There are some days where I look forward to that rest more than other days. And do I look forward to having a pain-free and sorrow-free and death-free and sin-free existence? Absolutely. We live in that place right now where pain and sin and death exist, and I look forward to getting away from all of that. And do I as well, do I look forward to getting to see with my own two eyes all those depictions of revelation and what that's going to look like, the beauty and the glories of heaven? Absolutely. And do I look forward to being reunited with the faithful who've gone on before? Absolutely. I've got a brother that I long to see again. Got a grandmother and a grandfather I long to see. So many people I long to see and be reunited with in that place. But I want to tell you, more than anything else, what I long most of all is I long to finally get to see my Heavenly Father. Look again at the song. Look at verse 3. Closing my eyes at Eve and thinking of Heaven's grace, 
longing to see my Lord. Yes, meeting Him face to face. That's what it is. That is the fellowship that we long for. That is the fellowship that we were created for. That is the fellowship that we want in the very truest sense of the word. We have fellowship with God right now. But it's nothing like the fellowship that we will have with Him in heaven. Maybe an illustration is in order. Does anybody remember that story back in, I think it was 2010, that really dominated the news about those Chilean miners who got stuck in that mine several thousand feet below the earth? I think there were 33 miners, and they were trapped down there under the earth for 69 days. More than two months those guys were down there. People, of course, the whole world was just glued and wondering what was going to happen to those guys. Were they going to survive? And, of course, they did all survive. I remember seeing some clips. I don't remember if it was the day of or if it was in the days that follow. But I remember seeing some clips of when the first miner was going to be pulled up out of the ground. And it was just this tiny little hole. And they had like this little capsule that they were able to put down. And they were only able to bring up just one guy at a time. And so when the first guy was going to be brought up, his name was Felicio Avelos. His family was standing there, right there in the mine with all the cameras and everybody watching. And I remember the cameras caught a glimpse of Felicio's son. and He was just watching intently as that, that capsule was being pulled slowly but surely out of the ground. And you could just see the anticipation on that little boy's face, longing and desiring to see his Father. And then the moment finally came when he finally got to lock eyes with his dad. And he went running to his father. Went running into his arms. Grabbed him and hugged him knowing that his father, his father was safe. And knowing that he would get to be with him once again. Folks, that's what we're looking forward to about heaven. It's running to our father. Getting to see Him face to face. In fact, John puts it this way in 1 John 3 and verse 2. He says, Beloved, we are God's children now. We are in fellowship with Him right now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is. When that day comes, we finally will get to see our Father face to face as this song talks about. We will then begin that wonderful time of being in the Father's house forever and ever and ever. Oh, for a home with God. And so as we extend heaven's invitation at this time, we simply ask you, are you prepared to be in that home when this life is over? Make no mistake about it, when you die and when judgment day occurs you are going to be spending eternity in some kind of home. And there's only two options. And I must tell you the opposite option of the one that we've discussed this evening is one that none of us want to be a part of. I don't want to make hell my home for eternity. In fact, home is probably the last word I would use to describe the concept of hell. Instead, we have the opportunity right now to get prepared and to be ready to meet our Father. We can look at Him on Judgment Day and we don't have to have fright and terror in our eyes. No, just like that little boy in that clip. We can see our Father and know that He has come to take us home. 
And we can go running to Him because we know that we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. If you've not yet been baptized in the blood of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, then this evening all things are ready for that to be a possibility. That can happen even this very night. You can leave here tonight knowing that you're a Christian, knowing that you're on the road that leads to heaven. If you are a child of God, but you've not been living faithfully for Him, brother or sister, you need to come back. Come back to the Father right now so that you can then be ready to go to the Father for all of eternity. We're going to sing this song, Oh, for a home with God. Don't you want that? If so, use that as motivation to make your life right with Him. Make your way down front right now while we stand and while we sing.